There is more to taste than meets the tongue. Popular Indonesian snack goes international and something tempting for ASMR lovers. Hi friends, welcome to The Rice Table, the podcast that feeds more than just your appetite. My name is Jeff Keesberry and besides eating, I like to talk about food with passionate people. We are podcasting from sunny LA. If you like my podcast, please share with your friends and write a review on Apple Podcast. When I'm craving Dutch food, I get my groceries at Holland International Market in Bellflower. I go there to stock up on all kinds of popular imported Dutch goods like cookies, chocolate sprinkles, licorice, chocolate bars, cake mixes, and snacks like croquetten, bitterballen, and much more. I also get my Indonesian ingredients there like spices, sambal, krupuk, ketchup, you name it. So go to the Holland International Market on 9835 Belmont Street in Bellflower. Oh, and Holland International Market also delivers to your home anywhere in the U.S. Go check out their online store at DutchMarketInUSA.com. Remember, the best place to go for imported groceries from the Netherlands and Indonesia is Holland International Market in Bellflower. This episode is titled Krupuk, the power of crunch. Today we are talking about one of my favorite snacks, Krupuk. When it comes to Krupuk, I'm like the cookie monster of Sesame Street. I can understand his craving and intense enjoyment of something crunchy. Just call me the Krupuk Monster. If you haven't heard about Krupuk before, keep listening. In my family and circle of friends, almost everyone enjoys this tasty snack. Even toddlers who are picky eaters will happily munch on Krupuk. If you don't know what it is, let me explain. Krupuk is a popular snack in parts of Southeast Asia, but is most closely associated with Indonesia and Malaysia. In Indonesia, the term krupuk refers to a type of relatively large and light cracker. There you can find perhaps the largest variety of krupuk. There are many variations on krupuk, many of which are made from starch, with other ingredients like seafood, occasionally with rice, fruits, nuts, or vegetables. That's the sound of krupuk when it's bitten. A friend once said, life without krupuk would be a very quiet existence because there would be no kriok sound. Krupuk is a very flexible and versatile food. You can eat it alone as a snack or together with something else. A meal like nasi goreng, Indonesian fried rice, wouldn't be complete without krupuk, nor would a bowl of soto ayam chicken soup, or krupuk crumbled over my gado-gado, Indonesian vegetable salad. Krupuk completes the meal. Now, where does the name krupuk come from? Well, like many words in the Indonesian language, krupuk is an onomatopoeia, a word that phonetically imitates the sound that describes it, like a cuckoo clock, the word splash, the term hiccup, same with krupuk. 
the crunchy sound you get when biting on kerupuk sounds like kriok kriok. I always thought the brand name Coca-Cola was reflecting the sound of pouring the carbonated beverage into a glass. Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola. And I assume the brand name Pepsi came from the sound of a popping bottle cap and the hiss from the escaping air pressure. I figured it all out by myself. Yes, I did. Unfortunately, my cola name theory was easily debunked. When you say krupuk, the Javanese people mean a fried side dish, a cracker made of flour mixed with other ingredients. The word was later absorbed to other languages and stylized according to local pronunciation. In Indonesia and the modern states of Brunei, Malaysia, Singapore and the Philippines, it appears under a general name with minor phonetic variations. In Indonesian it is kerupuk, while in Malay it is keropok. In the Philippines it is spelled as kropek or sometimes referred to as fish crackers or prawn crackers. In Dutch it is krupuk, spelled with OE being equivalent to U, which was also the original spelling prior to the establishment of modern Indonesia and post-independence spelling reform. Then there is kripik. Together with krupuk, the etymology of the term kripik is believed as an onomatopoeia in Indonesian to describe the crunch sound of this crispy snack. Kripik and krupuk, yes I know, it sounds like a cartoon, are an integral part of Indonesian cuisine. Kripik is closely related to krupuk since it is popularly considered as a smaller-sized krupuk. In Indonesia, the term krupuk refers to a type of relatively large cracker, while kripik refers to a smaller, bite-sized snack that can be savory or sweet, the counterpart of chips or crisp in Western cuisine. For example, potato chips are called kripik kentang in Indonesia. Usually krupuk are made from a dried paste consisting of a mixture of starch and other ingredients, while kripik are usually made entirely from a thinly sliced, sun-dried fruits, tubers, vegetables, and fish, and then deep-fried without any mixture of starch. They can be lightly seasoned with salt or spiced with chili powder and sugar. The most popular are kripik singkong, cassava crackers, and kripik pisang, banana chips, and amping melinjo, made with melinjo nuts. According to culinary historian Fatli Rahman, Krupuk had existed in Java since the 9th or 10th century. It was written in the Batupura inscription as Krupuk Rambak, which refers to crackers made from cow or buffalo skin, that still exist today as Krupuk Kulit, skin Krupuk and are usually used in a Javanese dish called krecek. In its development, krupuk spreads across the archipelago, and the taste varies according to the ingredients. From Java, krupuk spread to various coastal areas of Kalimantan, Sumatra, to the Malay Peninsula. It is produced and consumed in various varieties, and is an integral part of the national cuisine of several Southeast Asian countries. Krupuk also can be found in the Netherlands through their historic colonial ties with Indonesia. Today, 
Kerupuk has been one of the most popular food product export commodities of Indonesia, reaching foreign markets including Thailand, China, South Korea, the United States, Mexico, and the European Union. How is Krupuk made? Krupuk is made with tapioca or flour and flavoring components such as shrimp or fish. Aside from tapioca flour or flour dough, there are several types of krupuk that do not contain any flour. The flour dough krupuk is made by steaming the dough in a banana leaf packaging until it is cooked, then cutting it into thin strips, drying it in the sun, and deep frying it in a lot of cooking oil. In only a few seconds, they expand from thumb-sized semi-transparent chips to white, fluffy crackers, much like popcorn, as the small bubbles of air trapped in the flexible chips expand. As you may well know, food is an effective trigger of deeper memories of feelings and emotions. Talking about Krupuk reminded me of the following anecdote I'd like to share with you. My brother and I were both raised in my grandmother's restaurant. It was our indoor playground outside opening hour, as we were not allowed to play by ourselves out on the busy streets in Amsterdam. I remember him crawling under the tables, challenging the adults to catch him as a naughty little clown he was. One day he disappeared into the kitchen where the aunties were cooking. From one moment to the next we heard loud screaming as if they had seen a mouse. It was my brother, stomping in a box with freshly fried krupuk, repeatedly trampling the crackers like they were grapes, enjoying the crunchy sound it made, with a big joyful smile on his face. Oh boy, was he in trouble. I was raised on krupuk, the ultimate snack food. I remember coming home from school, and home is actually the restaurant, and walking straight to the kitchen to satisfy my craving with some krupuk. I learned to eat it as a snack and also as a side dish with my meal. I remember my own invention of a chocolate sandwich. I would take the Cote d'Or Mignonette Thin Milk Chocolate Tablet we served with our signature coffee and sandwich it between two pieces of krupuk. That was my version of a buttery biscuit topped with rich chocolate. A surprising blend of savory and sweet like you can find caramel and sea salt in a chocolate bar. The following segment is for the ASMR fans out there. Google ASMR if you don't know what it is. You will hear the sound of opening a bag of krupuk and then consuming two, then three, then four pieces of krupuk. Keep listening if you are interested and enjoy. If not, fast forward about 55 seconds.
My grandfather once said, having a meal with Krupuk is not just about the taste, but also the sensation. Now let's talk about tasting. Tasting is a complex experience. What we call taste is actually an interplay of several sensory perceptions. By taste perception, we mean the perception of sweet, sour, salty, bitter and umami through the senses of taste, the sensory papilla, on the tongue and in the mouth and pharynx or throat. However, the perception of structure, temperature, hot or cold, and spiciness and the smell of food and drinks also plays an important role in tasting. Spicy, pungent, hot or peppery are pain sensations. Volatile substances are also released in the mouth sometimes stimulated by enzyme activity in the saliva. These volatile components enter the nose with exhalation and that is where the character of the product is really perceived. What we call the taste of a product, in the sense of it tastes like peppermint, meat or apples, does not come through the tongue but through the nose. If you have a good cold, you know that you only taste salty, sweet, sour or bitter and that is also because of the tongue. Umami is the fifth flavor. Umami means essence of deliciousness in Japanese and its taste is often described as the meaty, savory deliciousness that deepens flavor and is naturally common in old cheese, seaweed, mushrooms and tomatoes. It is the savory taste of amino acids and protein foods. A controversial flavor enhancer that is widely used in Eastern cuisine is Fetzin, better known as MSG or monosodium glutamate. In one of my cookbooks published in the Netherlands, I touched on the subject, the appeal of crunch. Let's dig deeper into the attraction of food that says Kriuk. Crispy is an effective word on the menu. It is actually a kind of onomatopoeia. Krupuk, for example, is such a word. Perhaps one reason that crispy foods have such an appeal lies in their ability to stimulate our hearing as well as our senses of taste and smell. Hearing plays an important role in the taste experience. The crunchy sensation one experiences evokes strong feelings of pleasure and delight. A bite of crunchy food evokes a feeling of play as it prolongs chewing and use of the muscles around the mouth. By the lightness of the texture, it requires large amounts of crunchy food to be eaten before it becomes somewhat filling. Crunchy foods essentially fulfill the role of a sauce at main meals. It is complementary while being an essential nutritional element as a snack. Texture is how something feels in your mouth. For example, hard, soft, spongy, viscous, liquid, gritty, cold, warm, spicy or pungent. Texture is the structure in cooking, so it forms the whole of the structure of materials, the flavors, the colors, and when these facets are in harmony, a dish is sometimes praised for its good texture, but don't confuse it with taste. 
My personal preference is for dishes with a lot of contrast. Then there is the emotion around food, the satisfaction of all the senses, different tastes and textures, the associations, all of it, seem to be working together to make this a party in my mouth. The other day, my friends and I had a discussion around the terms crispy and crunchy, both used to describe the texture of certain foods and are often used interchangeably. Is there a difference? That's a great question. So I did some research and thought about it. I'd say crunchy is accompanied by sound. If something is truly crunchy, you will hear that crunch with almost every bite. The sound will diminish as you chew and swallow. But crunchy food is somewhat resistant to moisture. It does not dissolve easily. Crispy foods have one sound at the beginning. The edge breaks. A potato chip is crisp, not crunchy. You'll get one crunch sound when you bite down and then all the crisp is gone. We say fresh lettuce is crisp. We never say lettuce is crunchy. Most of your answers touch on sound and time. The sound and texture last past one bite, as the qualities of crunchy. Crispy foods are thin, fragile, and readily shatter into small flakes when chewed or handled, such as potato chips. They break apart under the slightest pressure or pulling force and may quickly dissolve in saliva. Crunchy foods are ones that shatter when chewed with such force as to cause them to do so. They break into fragments that are visually similar to small stones as opposed to flakes. They are called crunchy because of the noise made when chewing them. The breaking is clearly audible and the jaw action usually quite visible. Hard pretzel bits are an example. So are some dried nut meats. These foods don't immediately dissolve in saliva unless retained in the mouth and chewed long enough to form a paste. So krupuk is crunchy. Some time ago, I made a documentary about family and Indo food. My cousins and sisters Janice, Rosie and Hilly Peters shared lots of memories and one of those were about Krupuk. Janice shared a memory of her mother Dean, how she would make Krupuk in the kitchen and sister Rosie shared a story about a friend eating Krupuk from a bag he found in the kitchen that turned out to be still raw. I remember when mom would take a, a big trash can and she'd put the big lid upside down in the trash can and she would put the newspaper on top and just, it was all in a flick of the wrist. She'd throw some in there, whoosh, and she'd go, and it'd go whoop, right in there. And that thing would just be full. And we'd go, wow, look at it grow. <laughs> when I was with a friend, uh, he was munching, he had the munchies one night, and he wanted to find something salty to eat in the kitchen. And I had a box of krupuk, like this. And he, on the picture of the box, of course, it looks nice and, you know, appetizing. So he opens it up and he starts eating one <laughs> like this. And I was in the, in the living room and I could hear him going, crunch, crunch, crunch. <laughs> and I wasn't even cooked. And I walked in there and I said, what are you doing? He said, I thought these were potato chips. <laughs> Now, while we're on the subject of cooking, here are some tips. 
what to do if your krupo is soggy. The best solution for soggy crackers is to place them under a lit grill, as not only will the crispiness return as new, but the procedure is ideal for gently warming the product. Can you use a microwave to cook krupo? Well, yes, you can. Set the microwave to high and set it to one minute, and depending on the crackers, it could take less or more than one minute, but generally one minute. So I normally wait and watch them. And if they look done and black bits start to appear, just turn it off. When frying krupu, I usually use a wok. Heat the oil in a wok until it reaches 375 degrees Fahrenheit. The temperature is important for the krupu. Start with one cracker. If it remains small and hard, the temperature is too low. So wait. Once it reaches the desired temperature, drop several crackers at a time into the oil and watch them expand. Stir and go back and forth to cook evenly. When they don't expand anymore, immediately remove with a spider strainer and drain on a paper towel. As for storing, if you have leftover krupu, I recommend storing them in a vacuum sealed container. That should keep its texture crispy for the next week or so. You can serve krupuk as a snack with a spicy dip like sambal uluk, Thai sweet chili sauce or sriracha. I also like it with a delicious peanut sauce. So, did listening to this podcast increase your curiosity and appetite for krupuk? Krupuk has a large following and is gaining ground worldwide. Some like the crunch and the taste. Some like it hot and spicy. Some refer to the snack as adventurous and some find it even sexy. In any case, it is addictive for sure. Have a go at it and crunch away. I'm getting some myself. Unfortunately, we have come to the end of this podcast. Uh, but you can participate in this discussion by connecting with me on Instagram at Jeff Keysberry and look for this episode. Or find more episodes on my website, cookingwithkeysberry.com. Find me on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening. And if you liked it, please share with your friends and come back for more. Production by yours truly. Music composed by David Cutter.